0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week, we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, thankful to be together, thankful to be with our brothers and sisters. Thankful for the quiet of the morning and another sunrise. Lord, we come begging to hear from you this morning, not just to fill a pew, not just to sit in our spot, but rather to experience your love. And so, Lord, as we look at your word again this morning on the topic of love, I pray that you would help us to understand, not in our finite way, but in your infinite way, That, Lord, somehow we would be able to step into your mindset in our own life. Lord, give us wisdom. Quiet our heart. Lord, I know there's turmoil amongst us, in us. And yet, Lord, you can quiet that in our lives. And so, Lord, I ask you to do that even now. As we look at your word, may it be powerful. You are a powerful God. In your name we pray, amen. Scripture this morning is uh, John 15, and I, I just want to give you a heads up. If you look at the front of the bulletin, you'll see a picture, the, the, the scripture actually right before this is, is the scripture of Jesus talking about what a vine and uh, the branches and, a, and what a gardener does and, and what it looks like to be a believer is what he's telling us, right? If, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ, we are connected to the vine, The branches must be connected. If you're a fruit farmer in any way, shape, or form, or uh, you've you've seen the the people out there even now uh, cutting the brush, the old stuff off, you realize that come spring that won't be green. There won't be anything connected to that. Uh, If it's not connected, it won't be green. And So Jesus, uh, in verse 9, is where we start this morning. He says as the father has loved me so I have loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commandments you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments commands and remain in his love i told you this so that you may have that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be complete my command is this love each other as i have loved you "'Greater love has no one than this, to lay down their life for one's friends. And if you are my friends, you'll do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last.'" And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing and prepare our hearts to sit around the table this morning. Thankful that we can come in front of you and that we can be able to worship you. And we have voices to sing your praise. Thank you for bringing us together today. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What is love? I have no idea What is love? Um, love is when you love somebody And it's when you love somebody And it's really when you love somebody What do you think it feels like to be in love? It feels like Heaven What do people who are in love with each other do? They be gross What does that mean? They kiss, they be gross. If you're not in love and you want to be, what should you do to find someone? Go to a woman casino. What about Tinder? Do you think that's a good way to meet people? Tinder? Maybe. If it's chicken, probably, they would probably like it. Chicken Tinder? Yeah. I love it a lot. I love it. Yeah, it's fun to have on it. A- Do you like girls? Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Who is she? Isabella. What do you what do you like about her? Um, her hair. She she has beautiful toys. Is there anyone you have a crush on? It's a secret. I'm not telling anybody. So is so she your girlfriend? No. But she's beautiful. That, what do you like about her, besides that she's beautiful? Um, uh, she's just beautiful. Is there any boy you have a crush on at school? No. How did you know you were in love with her? Um, I meet her in I met her in kindergarten, she was just so beautiful, and I, she had long hair, and she was just so beautiful. I'm not really into that stuff anymore. Like what stuff? like marrying stuff anymore. I feel like I want to be single just now. And what about like for the rest of your life, or just now? Just at the moment. I'm not sure about maybe when I get older. Like, just want to focus on yourself and your career. Yeah. What is love? I, I, I can do kits I know some of you guys use that move, huh? <laughs> I can do kicks and stuff. <laughs> Kenny's not here. We can probably—that's probably how I got Veronica. We can pick on him. He's not. i, I can get him for once. <laughs> so we've been talking about love. Uh, last week we talked a little bit about what—what what does love look like—and we looked at First uh, Corinthians thirteen. And uh, of course, you know we're we're rolling into uh, our hallmark holiday, of Valentine's Day, and. But the reality is, uh, when we look at the world uh, and what its is love is considered, it's it's sometimes falls short. Well, wait, I think it always falls short of what real love looks like. And so I felt like it was important for us to get a sense of what what God thinks love looks like, right? What what His um, prescription for love is, and and it's and it's. If you're honest with yourself, it's really hard uh, to put a definition to the word love, right? We we know it when we see it. We feel it when it's not. We're not feeling loved, but it can be challenging to like put words to it. So we make fun of little kids who really don't have a clue. And we're, if I was to take the same uh, microphone around to to adults, we'd probably get some of the same answers, right? <laughs> I might see some of those. Uh, uh, karate kicks. Uh, because because sometimes it can be hard for us to know how uh, to love and what does love look like and what does it mean in our life. And I think all too often we don't we get this skewed uh understanding of what love looks like. And so today we're in a passage in John 15 where Jesus is talking and he had just finished up the 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 illustration of the vine and the branches. He's kind of in the middle of all of that and he's his, uh, his di- desire is to teach them what love looks like and, and what love will look like as He is going to go to the cross and will not be here. He's trying to train up, teach those who will be here how to love others. And so the question uh, for today is, how do we love God? How do you love God? How do you guys love God? What's that? Yeah. Glenn will show you some kicks out back afterwards. Right? It's a, it's a challenging question. How do, I, how do I love God? How do I show the creator of the universe how much I love Him? Do I have anything to offer? Let's just be, let's be honest about that. Does anyone here have something uh, worth uh, offering to God? Yeah, yeah, a broken heart exactly, right? And there's we don't have anything, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough uh, time, we don't have enough nice enough car, we don't have uh, whatever it is in life that we think is important or valuable. It's the scripture says as filthy rags, right? Nothing nothing we have to bring to God on our own account has any value. <clears throat> and so it may be challenging for you to say What do I give? How do I show God my love? How do I return the love He has offered? We just sat around the table and and we think about the sacrifice that was given for us. That's love, right? That's love in action. We get a small sense of that in relationships on this earth. We get a small sense of that in our marriages and and in loving our children, right, right? But the reality is it can be difficult for us to understand, how do I love God back? How do I love others, as we will see in a second? What does that look like? And since we're short on time, I'm going to move through. The first thing that really uh, sticks out to me, it says is that we maintain a relationship with God, right? It says, as the Father loves me, this is Jesus talking, as the Father loves me, I so also love you, remain in my love, stay with me, all right? He says, he says, abide in me just before this. Does anybody have a version that says abide in me? Your version might say, Brian, what version is yours? Remain. Mine says remain as well. But some of the versions say abide or remain or stay. Stay in me, right? And, and I got this picture, uh, which is the illustration that Jesus was trying to portray. If you want to have fruit in your life, in, in, in this passage right before this, he says, listen, you'll either have fruit if you're a follower of me. There will be some kind of fruit in your life. Or you'll be a dead branch and have no fruit There'll be no leaves. There'll be nothing. It'll be brown. And he uses the illustration. We'll pull that brush and we'll create a big fire and we'll burn it up. Right? He says, abide in me. Stay with me. Be a part of me. Does anybody remember these? Does anybody remember dating with these? (laughs) So my wife, uh, my wife and I use these. That's how old we are. Uh, but my wife had the cord so I know it's ridiculous she had it on the wall and she had about a 20 foot plus cord from the the ear thing to the phone so she could go from the kitchen across the kitchen and into the bathroom because the you know the gap under the door then was you know half an inch so you didn't have any problem with that close the door so she could talk serious stuff right whatever 15 year old teenagers talk about love right <laughs> If you can go one more step backwards, you may remember uh, party lines. Did anybody have a party line, right? I had a party line when I was when I was younger, and some old lady was on always on the other end listening, right? I don't know if she was an old lady. <laughs> I, don't know. I was too scared to ask, so I just stayed off. The, my mom would be like, "Get off the phone if you don't need to be on the phone." It probably was my mom. Yeah, <laughs> she was in the other room. <laughs> Get off the phone. <laughs> We can remember uh, the only way you kept this thing working was if you were connected to a cord. Now we live in a world, right? We live in a world. Well, this week we got our own fun little experience. anybody Anybody uh, have a Verizon phone, right? If you were out of Wi-Fi service for one day, you were out of service for one day, right? And we were, and all of a sudden, holy cow! I I was going to go to a funeral home, and I'm like, I'm glad I remembered looking it up before I left because. I can't get to my phone to do it. And I knew about where it was, so it was one of those like I kind of knew but I just I'm get I get lazy and I'm just like I'll type it in as I get there. We realized that our life when in in the time of these phones was connected. That wire on the right, that was connected to a phone line right uh, in the wall that was connected to a line on the outside of the house, it was connected to the overhead line that somehow, I don't know, through the magic of technology uh, ran through the wires all the way from my house to my wife's house before she was my wife right we were connected uh, we were actually it was almost like the two cans right two cans and a string in between only a little bit better and now we live in a world where the, it goes through the air somehow but the reality is this we are we are called to abide to remain with God to be uh, to be connected and I and I want to give you some, Three really simple and, and and here's what happens. We I don't want you to see this slide and say, Well, yeah, that's really easy and simple. I want you to think about this in your own life. I'm gonna show you three things, but here's the question: Am I doing this consistently? Am I am I abiding with God on a regular basis? Let me give you an example. The first one is uh, reading your Bible, studying your Bible. God doesn't want you to read a hundred verses three times a year. He's not asking you to. to he's asking you to read one verse a hundred times a year, right? Or three hundred times a year. He wants a constant connection, a constant uh, connection with Him. And I want to encourage you that there are ways for you to get connected to God in Scripture, and there's some amazing things that happen when you're willing to do that. Here's what's amazing, and I hear it from people. You know, I opened my Bible, and this was the verse I read today, and holy cow, doesn't it fit my life today? Really? Coincidence? I think not. That's God working and moving in your life. I I, I, I was struggling with this, and here was the answer. Ta-da! Right? God wants us to be connected with Him. I, I encourage people to read less, not more. That doesn't mean I say none. I, what I'm saying is... I don't want you to read seven chapters a day if you get nothing from it. I want you to read one verse a day and get something from it. There is a method that says uh, you start reading and as soon as you find something that applies to your life and connects, you stop. And there's some value in that for me. right? Because sometimes when I get in those spots where there's a lot of names, I'm having a harder time finding a value uh, in those people's names. But... Finding that connection with God. The second one is, is community. And I want to encourage you to be a part of the faith community. That means this morning. That means Sunday school. Wednesday night. Wednesday night we're about to start uh, walking our way through uh, some of Revelation and, and trying to understand John's vision. Uh, it should be fun. It, it's going to be a fun time just walking through that and just sharing uh, what God is revealing, uh, and and here's our goal: to use the Bible, uh, what's in the Bible, to help us understand Revelation. Uh, and not going too far out into the weeds that the commentaries of the commentaries of the commentaries. That's not the goal. The goal is to encourage and challenge ourselves uh, to understand God's Word more. And so I want to challenge you to be a part of the faith community. Be involved. Do do something that helps to encourage your faith. Find friends in this church. If you don't have a friend or someone to be connected to, let me know because I want to connect you. Uh, It's important for us to have those connections within the church circle. Uh, The statistics say that if you don't find a place somewhere safe, someone that you connect with within the first six months, you will not stay. Um, That's what the statistics say. And and third, and and no less important, is a prayer life. Some kind of prayer life. And I want to simplify this for you. We don't need a list of 500 things to pray for. I encourage people Start simple. Start simple. It's a conversation with God. Don't make it more than it needs to be. God doesn't need every right, perfect, uh, long word that we can think of. No no big theological understandings. Um, if, if you want to get a sense of, of uh, how people prayed to God, read some of the Psalms. You'll get a sense that those were... Those were poetry, they were also songs, but they were psalms, they were, they were a lot of crying out to God, praying to God that He would come and save them in the midst of their darkest, most difficult, most challenging times. Work on your prayer life. If you want uh, uh, help with that, don't hesitate to call, don't find, don't, don't hesitate to find someone to work through that with, to, to begin to work. There are tons and tons. There is a prayer list in the back. If you want to pray for a lot of things, um, there's a list that gets updated twice a week uh, on, uh, in the back in the North X. And that keeps up to date uh, what's going on, people who are, are struggling. Let me encourage you. Work on your prayer life. That will help you remain in God. Reading your Bible, studying your scriptures, uh, being in fellowship, faith fellowship in some way, and and your prayer life, those are, they sound really simple, right? They do sound simple, and they are simple, but here's the challenging part. They're way simple, but we're not really good at still making it happen, are we? Second thing he says is be obedient. You are my friends if you do what I command. If you love me, you'll do what I command. That's what Jesus says. Right? Do you, I love you, Lauren. Right? You'll do what I command. I, I can't help but think of, about our, our dogs, right? There are moments we absolutely love our dogs when they're, when I call my dog and I, and I whistle this one whistle and he's over the hill and he can't even see me. And he comes running like it looks like Lassie. Like it's like, dun, 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 his ears are flopping. And I, And then there's those moments when my dog is eight feet from the stupid door. And I said, Ollie, let's go. Come on. And he lays down like this. Like civil disobedience. And my first thought is, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I don't. But it wasn't for my thought. I wonder how often God says, "I'm gonna beat you." <laughs> right? He says, "You're my friends if you do what I command." We won't know what to do if we don't read our our Bibles. If we don't uh, pray to God and ask for for wisdom and understanding. If we're not connected to a faith community, we won't we won't know what to do. Right? He says, "Cry out to God if you want if you want." Uh, To be obedient, cry out to God and listen. All too often, we cry out to God, but the problem is we already have the answer, right? We're like, "Okay, God, I need you to do A, B, C, and D," right? Instead of God, here's my problem. You solve it. I'm going to trust you to solve it. You know the best part when God says, "Listen, dude." Here is what I need you to do. Whether uh, through my prayer life, through, my, through other people. Uh, the struggle is always the same thing. Will I respond? Will I respond when I know exactly what God has put in front of me? An example, when God has put someone in front of me that needs to know the gospel, that needs to know God's love, am I willing to share that love? Or am I going to say, well, I'll wait until the better opportunity comes. Or I'm going to wait until someone else uh, gets them warmed up. Am I being obedient? Because that's showing God's love. That's showing God love as well by being obedient to his call. Are you willing to respond? So we talk about maintaining a relationship with God. We talk about being obedient. And we talk about loving one another. And maybe this is probably the, the most challenging and most difficult piece of this passage. Loving one another. He said, this is my command. Love one another. You know, it's easy to love those who love us. Is it not? It's easy to love those who love us. For the most part, our kids love us, and so they're easy to love. What about those who are more difficult? What about those who are more challenging in our life? Those who, uh, who make it difficult to love? If you're a part of a a faith at all, you're going to run into people who are hard to love. They're going to be unreasonable. If they're not a believer in Christ, they're going to be uh, sometimes offendable. you have any of those in your life? Those people who are like, ah, I just got to get away. Jesus says, love each other. Let me let me take it one more step. In Luke 6, he says, "But I say to you who who love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you." Ouch. Ouch. You know what that means? That means we're going to get hurt. And there are going to be some challenges. And things are going to get said we don't like. And we're going to get frustrated. And you know what? We're going to have to go back to God and say, God, is this really what you want? Do you want me to love them? And you know what he's going to say? Love each other. You know what I've, I've come to realize? Those who are hardest to love need it the most. I thought this morning that I said that. I was pretty proud of that. And then I found out Socrates said it. Rude. I was feeling, I was thinking, man, I'm going to get a plaque made, put it, I don't know, in my office or something. That's cool. Those who are, I want you to think about that for a minute. We all have those people in our life who are hard to love. That are a challenge to love, right? Some people are easy to love. My wife, she's easy to love. There's not much not to love about her. But there are some people in my life that are hard to love. Sometimes it's just this, right? It's just like personality clashes. Sometimes it's, I've been hurt. Sometimes I've hurt them. They've hurt me. There's those pieces. And yet God says, "Ah, I don't really care about all that. Love them. Love them. If you want to love me, love them. I'm not asking you to step into uh, uh, grenades that have, the pins have been pulled. That's not. I'm not asking you to do that. And I don't believe God is asking us to do that either. That means I don't, there are times when we need healthy boundaries to keep uh, protection around us. But the reality is this: God says you can still pray for them. You can still love on them. You can still show um, grace and mercy, the mercy and grace that God gave us. We have the ability to show love. Why? Because he first loved us. Right? That's, that's what he said. I, listen, I love you. Now do what I have showed you. Jesus said, I love you. And I'm going to go to the cross. You know, this is, this is a, a passage in preparation for going to the cross. And Jesus is trying to help his disciples, his friends, take the gospel message. And what he understands is this. If you're going to, to take this message, you have to take it in love. And so be careful, church, that we aren't beating people with this Bible. That we're not hurting people in the process. I said it last week, I'll say it again. I don't believe people grow up to hate the church. They don't grow up hating a church. They get hurt so deeply from someone who was in the church. And I'm sure I've been a guilty party to that at some point. I don't want to be, but I have been. It 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 takes me back to that spot where I realize I need to love people where they're at. Time is short. Connie said that this morning, and I I appreciate that. I, if I didn't, that was really came to. Uh, uh, my mind all week. This week, time is short. We're not guaranteed anything. I, I wish, I wish I could tell you we were, but we're not guaranteed another breath. And the scriptures tell us that the harvest is plenty. There are tons and tons of people who have not made a profession of faith, who have not made a decision to follow Jesus. And you know what? There's no guarantee that you'll make it till tomorrow. I pray that you do, but there's no guarantees. We don't have that promise. The hope we have is a hope of an eternity if we're following Jesus. That's the hope we have. We don't have a hope in, oh, I hope I get another 10 years or another five years or even another day. There is no promise to that. Don't wait. And lose your opportunity. Don't let your pride be in the way. That's what happens, right? Our pride, I don't know if I can believe this stuff. Well, that's your pride getting in the way. Your heart's obviously not broken and ready to be used by God. Let me challenge you. If you want to show God the love he deserves, Maintain that relationship, a consistent relationship with Him. Be obedient to what He calls you to. And love your brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Lord, we're, we're thankful for Jesus' reminder to His disciples and now to us that this is how we love people. This is what love looks like. Obedience, following uh, the plan you have put in our life. Following the love that you gave us. Thank you, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.